Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Well, happy Monday. A fun show for you tonight. We will have Mets reliever A.J. Ramos with us in just a few minutes. We'll take some calls along the way. 800-321-0710, the number to get involved as the Mets today. Uh, a win down in Port St. Lucie. They knock off the Tigers 4-2. to two. A whole uh, weekend to recap for you. We'll tell you what was good this weekend. An interesting uh, football weekend as well as far as the Jets and the Giants go and the rumor mill from the Combines. So we'll have you all uh, caught up uh, on what's happening there as well. But for the Mets today, of course, if you're talking about what pitchers have the microscope on them, Steven Matz being one, really struggled again yesterday, allowing five runs, only retired one batter, and the other one being Matt Harvey, who uh, pitched today, and the results uh, far better for Harvey than we've seen thus far this spring for Steven Matz, and uh, Harvey... Hardly looks like the guy he did even a couple of years ago, even post-Tommy John. Forget about when he was starting the All-Star game and the Dark Knight hoopla uh, really began. But three scoreless innings today. And you know, for Harvey, putting up zeros and getting results, and that's going to be important for him because you know, he doesn't want to talk about last season at all. And if you're not going to talk about it, you can't really put it behind you and you got to think if he's not willing to even discuss that kind of stuff you know confidence is an issue for this guy and you know his ability to be comfortable on the mound uh, I think is in play so you know it's nice he, he put up some zeros he, he doesn't look dominant but as you've you know heard throughout Mets camp you know they're not asking him to be the dark night they're not asking him to be Matt Harvey of a couple of years ago they're asking him to be a number four starter and, you know, somebody that can have an ERA what in the low fours is what something you'd certainly sign up for, stay relatively healthy because, you know, it has been a rough go of it for him. So, you know, you're not going to, you know, write home about tonight's, uh, today's performance. It's not, you know, what he did in 2015 when he was coming back from Tommy John and he's throwing 98 miles per hour in the first inning against the Detroit Tigers. But this is a different pitcher at this point. He's got to learn to pitch, and he was behind in the count a lot today. Uh, but I think for him, you know, the results do matter in spring training. Just as, you know, the next start for Steven Matz, the results are going to matter. It becomes, you know, a little bit of a confidence thing as well. They're not guys that are just out there, you know, working on their fastball, working on a pitch, trying to hit spots. It's important for those guys in particular, uh, to get some outs. You don't know it's Cindergard. He gets outs. He doesn't. As long as he's healthy and moving, you feel good about it. Jacob deGrom, once his back thing is behind him, it would be the same situation. But that's not, you know, where Mats and Harvey are coming from when both of them put up ERAs over six last season. And, and something that I, I thought has been eye-opening early on, and, and there's still you know another few weeks until we get to opening day and you know could really start looking at opening day lineups and such, but Brandon Nimmo, boy, uh, another home run for him. Uh, he has had an outstanding spring. He's done a great job in that leadoff spot is you know, a tremendous on base guy. He's been that throughout his career. 379 on base in his time with the Mets last year. He's going to push Juan Lagares. And I would think that Lagares has to be feeling that a little bit. And Lagares, far better defensively. That's what he does. He rehoned his swing. I want to see more of Lagares this spring, uh, in order to, you know, see if he offensively can step it up to another level. But 
the Mets, when you look at this lineup, they need a leadoff guy. They don't have a natural guy that just gets on base, and, and that's what he does. And Brandon Nimmo is that kind of player. And to see a little bit of the pop as well, the aggressiveness when he's ahead in the count, as he's shown this spring, uh, he has been you know really, really fun to watch. And for a guy who you know kind of dropped off and you weren't sure how big of a prospect he's really going to be, considering you know he was one time a first-round pick and uh, it took a long time for him to make it, but he is still developing. He's still getting better. He didn't play a lot of competitive baseball at Wyoming. It always was going to be, you know, a project, uh, you know, for Brandon Nimmo. And you know, he's starting to, you know, really show some of what he could do. And this is a guy who, you know, no doubt about it, took advantage of his opportunity uh, last year and, you know, really was able to uh, to run with it. But uh, Nimmo, you know, was asked today about. You know, attacking the first pitch and, and being more aggressive this year. We get the numbers too now, and, and we see our strike zones. And I've seen that I, that I hone it in pretty good um, on an average. And so um, I, that also gives me confidence in going forward. That you know, when I recognize something that I, that I like, that it's it's probably there. So um, so that's kind of given me a little more confidence to go after those first pitches that I like. And then you know, also just. I think again that last last year gave me a little bit of that confidence um, into going in and, and realizing, okay, when I see the ball here, this is this is what I'm looking for. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think it's just a little more confidence in in the um, in myself to be able to go after those first pitches a little more often. But I'm still not, you know, I'm not like going up there. I'm like I'm just going to swing at first pitch. I'm still looking for something that I that I would like to hit. So. It was a 2-0 pitch today that he hit the home run. And sometimes you take a strike as a leadoff guy. You want to be patient. You want to run up some pitches. But no, you see a pitch you can do damage on. You got to swing at it. And I think, you know, the Mets, they get a reputation at time for being a team that wants to take the walk, that's, you know, trying to run up pitches. And, you know, it's always 3-2, it seems, for a lot of these hitters. And there's plenty of room to be aggressive. You just have to, you know, lock in on an area. You know, pick a part of the plate where it's your happy zone and look for it to get in there and then attack. And, uh, you see a, a little bit of that from Nimmo. And this is, you know, I think exactly what Sandy Alderson has talked about in the past with Brandon Nimmo that he's kind of the prototypical player for them as far as his approach at the plate. He is exactly what they want to see. This is what this organization has talked about for a long time. And, you know, I'm not saying Nimmo's going to be an all-star here, but, he could be a factor, especially in that first month, until you know Michael Conforto is able to to get back on the field. Because Ligaris, he's not he's not a leadoff guy. He's got some speed. We've seen you know he might have the ability to steal base or two uh, in the past, but he's never done it consistently. And that's something that you need uh, at the at the top of the lineup. And you know Nimmo, you're starting to see that a little bit. Uh, the Mets, of course, this spring yeah, have a, a deeper bullpen than I think we've seen in recent years. Last year, they went out the trade deadline, acquired A.J. Ramos from the Miami Marlins, and he joins his group with Jairus Familia, Anthony Swarzak, Jerry Blevins, uh, all back here for 2018. And we bring on right now uh, A.J. Ramos, and it's great to have you on the show. A.J., how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm uh, just hanging out right now. How are you guys? Yeah, everything's great over here. So... You know, I know for Mets fans, I mean, they're just dying for the season to start, to get to opening day. At what point as players do you guys reach the point where, all right, we've done it enough, the monotony of spring training, and, and you're just eager to, to start things, go, uh, you know, and get things going? Well, that usually happens after like a week and a half in. You feel like <laughs> you're ready to go, but we, we all know that once we get to the season, it always feels like sometimes that it isn't enough. Like we could have worked on certain things. So 
I think right now all the guys are taking it in stride. I think, uh, you know, we're all looking forward to the day off coming up soon. But at the same time, you know, the way this camp is run, it, it's, it's, it's way easier. It, there's, not, there's not any monotonous work. It's get, come here, get your work done, and get off the field. So I think a lot of the guys in spring training, um, they do all these things that they never do in the season, and it's just to be out there sometimes, and it takes – take some a toll on you and you're kind of looking forward to the season but but with this camp you come in here and you get your work done and and you're motivated to do your work because you know you're only out there for a short period of time yeah dude efficient what's something that you get to do because maybe you have a little bit more free time uh in spring training this year uh, yeah 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 i mean uh like i said it, it's been uh i mean uh, you don't do it for that you just do it for for you just get rest you know what i mean you stay sharp in spring training instead of doing something you know, that is, is mindless sometimes, you know? Yeah. So are you like a nap guy? Like if you have some extra time, what, what do you get to, you know, do for fun? Are you watching Netflix? Like what, what do you, what do you enjoy, AJ? Oh, uh, yeah. I enjoy just hanging out. Like, well, I have a pretty cool place uh, here in Jensen beach and it's right on the water. So I just hang out, um, kind of hang out outside or, you know, you know, watch TV here and there. But yeah, that's why I, I just really, when I'm away from the field, I just relax to the max, you know, I'm, I'm going to just, my mind is away, and I'm at ease, and uh, I, that's something I like to do. Nice. nice. How did you uh, adjust to New York last year? Is it? I wouldn't think it would be that jarring coming from Miami to New York City to city, but obviously how the, the team is, is talked about is probably a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's more attention, but um, that shouldn't affect you, you know, because you still play the same game, and, and – uh, I think you know when 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 you don't perform the way you want to, even though people are mad at you and cuss or cussing you out or whatever it is, no one takes it harder on you, on you than yourself. So um, when you when you get that through your head, you know you start to not worry about that because there's nothing you can do about that. So you worry about what is important, which is going out there every day and giving yourself the best chance to win. But and the adjustment was really easy. Um, you know the guys invited me in; they were just. Everyone was cool. Everyone knew me because we played we played each other a lot. So um, you know, the easy transition. I mean, there's not a bad guy on that team, and uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. And we're talking with AJ Ramos, Mets reliever, right now. How about facing the Mets over all those years? How much did you get a chance to ever really, you know, talk to these guys and get to know them? Do you talk about old at bats? I mean, what um, you know, what was it like quickly getting to know everybody, as you said? Oh well, I mean it was easy. I mean, um, like I, well, I never really got to talk to him when I was on the other side. Obviously, um, actually, I talked to Darno, uh, you know, because I, I broke his his wrist. Um, I think what two years ago. Okay. Uh, it was a fastball inside, and so we talk about that, you know, and we talked about it the at bats, um, um, you know, after that and before that, and, and our approaches and stuff like that. So, um, but other than that, every I mean, I really hadn't talked to anybody. I talked to Familia every once in a while when I was playing with the Marlins uh, because our bullpens are right there. So. I instantly knew he was a great guy, so I was excited to, you know, be on the same side of the fence with him as uh, this time. Yeah, I forgot that was you with Darno. Does he hold a grudge? Is he all right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, as soon as that happened, like I heard, I heard that he had fractured his wrist. I, I, uh, I sent him a text right away. You know, because it, that wasn't intentional, obviously. Yeah. And uh, he said, "No, I, I, I know." He, you know, right away he said, "No, dude, I understand. Like it wasn't intentional. Just baseball happens. You know, you're all good." So. Um, you know, it, it it was squashed, you know, as soon as before he even, 
before people got a hold of that, you know. There you go. And we're talking again with AJ Ramos right now. How about uh, Darno and Plawecki? You know, I've been reading uh, the Mets have been asking those guys to take more of a hands-on role in terms of game planning and working with the pitchers. What have you noticed from those two as they've grown from last year to this spring? No, I think they're doing they're doing a great job. I mean, they're really they're really having a lot of conversations with the pitchers, um, which is something that you have to do. Um, to get to get to know like what they like to throw on certain counts because it's a process, you know, learning all all those pitches and, and and knowing what they like to throw on certain counts and and what to look for when certain things are happening is a lot. Um, but they're willing to do it and they're they're excited to tackle that that task and uh, you know um, I'm looking forward to throwing to those guys all season. How about you know working in this pen? As I was talking about earlier, now it's pretty deep. You have Jerry's Familia, you have Jerry Blevins, uh, the left-hander Anthony Swarzak brought in this off-season. You know, Mickey Callaway doesn't necessarily want to commit to a closer, and you know he'll mix it up when you know y- 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 he need he feels the need to. How much do you need to know as a pitcher? If you typically have a role as a closer, like you were in Miami, or maybe you're typically the eighth inning guy, what does he need to tell you so that you're mentally prepared on a given night? If it's going to be earlier in the game or a different spot that you're going in there, well, if, if he has to tell me something to get me motivated or, or prepared, that's that's not a good that's not a good thing. You know, that starts with yourself. You know, he already let us know how how the pen is going to be run, so you have to sit there and, and figure out how you are going to get mentally ready. I mean, he's he's going to you know he's going to use you when he needs you. So your job to be is to be ready and to be and whenever you go out there, do the job. You know, if you sit there worried about, oh, but I was pitching here, and why am I not throwing here? That's 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 attention away from from what needs what what is uh, you're trying to do is which is your job. You know, so I don't think anybody in the pen is thinking about that. I think we're just sitting out there, we're, we're getting ready to to pitch whenever. You know, I think all four guys, you know, that they're in the back end of the pen have said the same thing that we are willing to pitch anywhere. You know, so we just want to win ball games, and that's the main focus. We want to win ball games, help the team win. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's the goal. You often hear about, you know, the difference for closers, especially in guys with a history of closing, that when there isn't the game on the line and they're the last guy in the pen, maybe the adrenaline isn't there the same. What are some ways that, that you've learned to make sure that you are amped up no matter what the situation is going to be in the game? Well, because any situation you come on the pitch is, is on you, you know, and your team. Um, when you take, when you have accountability like that, I mean, you, you shouldn't, it shouldn't take a situation like that. Although it does happen a lot, and it is often, and I've I've, I've been that way myself. Um, you know, I'm working on, you know, going out there and being the same time every time. You know, focusing and knowing that each moment counts. You know, being in, in the present moment, being there, and, and knowing what what's going on. You know. Um, because if if you're sitting there like oh well you know like I said earlier if if I'm sitting there worried about it's not a pressure situation or it's not the type of game I like to pitch in if I'm worrying about that that's taking focus off of you know what I got to do on the mound so you just have to not think about any of that stuff treat every batter the same because no matter what I mean um, nobody likes to pitch bad and so uh, you got to go out there and, and you know, I guess pitch like it's your last game. Yeah, and have that attitude as we chat with A.J. Ramos right now. Now, in Miami, you were close with Giancarlo Stanton, who now joins you in New York, of course, with the Yankees. Uh, I've seen you were talking about you guys were potentially looking at, at living together this season. Have you you moved forward with that yet? Yeah, we're still looking. Still looking for places. Uh, we, we're coming close on a couple. 
Um, but, you know, uh, we're, we're still kind of just searching for that. Uh, but it, looking forward to it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I, uh, we're trying to find, you know, big bedrooms and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, give me a description. Give me a description of one of those places you've looked at. Yeah, because we're, we're two very tall guys, extremely tall guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty tall, too. Uh, <laughs> and Stanton, you know, he, he's making a couple of dollars, so, you know, you, you guys can, can, can spend a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, no, right now we're just looking for, you know, just something nice, something spacious, something nice with a good view and uh, not, too, not too far from the field. So we're not, uh, we're not asking for too much, but at the same time, it's been a, it's been a, a process. Yeah, very cool. And how about you know Stanton getting to know him in Miami? Now you have a taste of what it's like in New York. How how do you think he'll adjust? What'll be the biggest challenge for him from Miami to New York? I honestly don't think there's. Um, I don't. I think he's going to do great. Um, he's not the type of person that lets the outside influence influence him. You know, he's not going to worry about too much about what people say and all this and that. He knows he has a plan, and he has he has a way that, that he's going about. And uh, he's going to stick to that plan. And um, I think he's a perfect fit for there. And um, I don't think it'll phase him much. A.J. Ramos, uh, Mets reliever. Thanks so much for the time tonight, A.J., and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, best of luck this year. A.J. Ramos uh, will be first full season with the New York Mets. And uh, perhaps it sounds like he'll be living with John Carlos Stanton. Somewhere, uh, somewhere nice in uh, in New York to to get things ready. He's on Jensen Beach uh, there in Florida, so uh, not uh, not bad living. But uh, you know, for Ramos, you know, last year, you know, four plus ERA after he joined the Mets was was bounced around, didn't pitch as much as he would have liked uh, at times. It's something that he had said, and you know, this year you figure he's gonna be pretty busy as one of the you know four big guys in that bullpen and. You know, with a situation where, you know, there are two guys that can be workhorses for the Mets and Noah Syndergaard and Jacob deGrom. But after that, you have some question marks. Uh, you know, Jason Vargas, Zach Wheeler, Matt Harvey, Steven Matz, right? The, the usual names. Now, how deep are they going to be able to go? Will they be asked to pitch a third time around the order often? Uh, you know, it could be more asked out of this bullpen overall. And, you know, you figure Ramos will be a, uh, a big part of that. But 800-321-0710, the number to get involved. Again, 800-321-0710. Uh, you'll hear from Matt Harvey, his thoughts on his performance today as well. A lot to do as we roll till 9 o'clock. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. So a couple of things uh, jumping out to you at Port St. Lucie uh, on a day like today. Obviously, we talked about Brandon Nimmo looking you know, real good at the start of camp in that leadoff spot. And I think he's going to start putting some pressure on Juan Lagares. You would have assumed that Lagares would be the opening day center fielder for the Mets. But considering you know, this way this lineup is put together, you're going to have Todd Frazier hit leadoff uh and you know Nimmo fits that role he's been able to get on base you know he's not a butcher defensively he's not Lagaris but Lagaris has to show that offensively he could be some kind of threat and to this point and again it's very early but we have not seen it from Lagaris who is off to a uh, you know slow start because of a hamstring injury only has six at bats thus far this spring then you have Matt Harvey goes three scoreless today uh here is Harvey on what he took away from the outing against the Tigers today I think definitely 
obviously putting up zeros, but um, you know, really not feeling all that great. You know, not as good as the first time. Um, being able to get no no runs and, and be able to still throw all my pitches and keep guys guessing and and you know be able to I wouldn't say late into the game because we're only throwing three innings but you know finish the outing strong and and come out with zeros and you know I think the last inning third inning like uh, I I felt better than I did the first two innings so that was usually it's the other way around so it was that was definitely a good sign and and um, you know I was just happy to to get some get in some trouble and be able to get out of it. Now it's uh, important. That you know, for him to to have some positive results, and you know, this was interesting. Again, he was asked, you know, compare then and now, uh, you know, versus you know how he was able to perform in years past, and if you know he thinks about at all what it feels like now versus then when he was at peak performance. I think I've I've made this comment before. Is I'm not reverting to anything that's in the past any any mechanics anything this is completely new year like I've said mechanics are completely different my arms completely different so you know I got out of whack a little bit today compared to my last start and you know we'll keep working on making sure that's solid going forward and and really intact for the start of the season I think the confidence matters if you're not going to you know look back on what went wrong to some degree and you want to say well do it personally you don't have to do it for the media well you're you're going to continue being asked this question be reminded more about it because you don't want to talk about it than than otherwise and I, I just feel you know it's an easy opportunity to Open up a, a little bit about what happened last year, and and that will allow you to turn the page. You got to deal with stuff in your past. You can't just ignore it and wait for it to go away. Especially when you know you're in the spotlight as still one of the recognizable names on the New York Mets. You know this is going to be something that you're asked and reminded of, and what you were and what you are now. And that's what the fans want to see. The fans want to see the same guy that was you know stomping around on the mound in 20. 13 that was uh stomping around in, in the postseason in 2015 that's you know that's the Matt Harvey everybody wants to see again and because of physical issues we haven't seen it but you know the fact that he won't you know talk about it a, a little bit and and put it to bed I think is you know a little concerning and why you know they, even are result in a spring training game against a lousy Tigers team where he goes three scoreless and you know they brought a little more than half a team because it was a road game Miguel Cabrera was there uh but you know that's important for him to to get something positive if you know when you consider that I, I think mentally it's still weighing on him what has gone wrong over the years here and then you have Steven Matz, who really, um, you know, had a hard time yesterday against the Nationals. Five runs allowed, only retired a single batter. This is a guy last year at a six plus ERA, pitched real well his first half of the season. The second half, he couldn't get anybody out. Oh, he, you know, has an issue pitching with men on base and, you know, pitching from the stretch has been tough for him. It was, you know, his first downing of spring training. It was last year when the OPS against him was 300 something points higher. And for Mats, he pitched out of the windup, allowed the leadoff man to reach on a base hit, and then it's a couple of walks, it's some base hits, and he wasn't rocked. It wasn't like a grand slam, but if you're going to give you know free bases on balls, and then uh, you know you get some softly hit balls that don't turn into outs, you know this is what happens, and you, know, you got to start to worry about Mats. Uh, I think here it's been a long time since we've seen him look like. 
Steven Matz, the guy that you know can be one of the the better pitchers uh, for the New York Mets. We'll do you know more on Matz coming up. You'll hear his thoughts on yesterday's outing. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. The number to get involved. The other thing that stands out to me is first base, and we'll jump into that as well. Uh, Mets hot stove report at seven oh five. Josh Lewin, Mets broadcaster, will be with us. A lot to do as we roll till nine. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York seven ten W O R. You're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. All right, 800 321 the number. We'll get to some calls uh, in a few minutes here on this Monday night. Um, you know, Stephen Matz, as I discussed, five runs allowed, inning in two thirds this weekend. You, you do have to be concerned. Uh, Matz, for his part, this is what he had to say post game. Frustrating. Um, you know, like I said, I feel really healthy, so I'm able to get a lot of work in, in between my. My um, starts here, so you want to see results. Even though it's spring training, you want to see results. You, you don't want hitters to get hits off you. I don't care. It's a live BP or in a game or in the regular season, so it's definitely frustrating. That's a guy who's trying, and that's what I think is a little scary, even after you know just two spring training starts and you have weeks until we get to opening day. This isn't someone who's just out there working on this, working on that. It's not a big deal. You give up some runs, whatever. This is someone who's trying to get outs against spring training lineups. He's having a hard time throwing strikes, uh, especially from the stretch. And he has some things he clearly needs to, to work on. And, you know, that's you know, a little frightening for the Mets here. And again, it's why they needed a Jason Vargas. They needed another veteran pitcher to be added to this rotation. And if Mats isn't somebody that you can, depend on well Matt Harvey is you know that number four guy and then you know maybe there's more to ask of Zach Wheeler who's you know looked pretty good over the course of this spring training it's a huge spring for Wheeler as you know he needs to show he could stay healthy at all that he could pitch effectively another guy it's been a a real long time for Wheeler since we've seen him uh, consistently be good out there on the mound and and be the you know prospect that he was of course coming up so you know, for the Mets, they, they have some strength in numbers for now, but if Mats isn't going to give you what they were hoping to get from him, okay, that's not the end-all, be-all for these Mets, but you're probably going to have some kind of physical issue that pops up on this starting staff. I mean, already you have uh, the back stiffness for Jacob deGrom, which might keep him out opening day. It doesn't sound like there's much concern it would keep him out much longer than that. They just want to make sure he's stretched out, ready to go. They're going to be cautious with him. They're not taking any chances with Jacob deGrom, according to pitching coach Dave Island. Uh, so this is where, you know, the Mets are. It's why you need that kind of depth and you know, first base is another position where the Mets have a lot of depth. Um, but in this case, there's not that high end depth. There's not, you know, Steven Matz theoretically could still figure it out and have a really good season. He still has that talent level at first base right now for the Mets. Yeah. Adrian Gonzalez has been an all star player in the past. He doesn't look like that guy thus far this spring. And that's someone that, that has a little something to prove. And, you know, Wilmer Flores, he played first base today. That might be as good as it gets at first base for the Mets. I would not be surprised at all if he ends up seeing as many at-bats as anybody else at that position. With Dom Smith having hurt his stock with the way he began spring training, his quad injury as well, Flores, and he can play first. Uh, he's a lot better there defensively than he is at third. And, you know, there's still some potential in that bat. I don't think it's ideal for Flores to be an everyday guy at that particular position, but 
where else are you going to go? And this is part of the problem for the Mets at first. If it's not going to be Adrian Gonzalez, all right, you got Wilmer, uh, who could get involved there. There's still some free agency you could sign, but nobody is really an everyday player anymore, not with Logan Morrison off the table and, and Lucas Duda as well, for that matter. And, you know, Jay Bruce, while, yeah, he can play it in a pinch. That's it, and that seems to be the limit to how much the Mets are going to push him at first base. He hasn't played first base at all over the course of the spring training. So for Bruce, it seems like a you know break a case of emergency situation with him at first base. He's not a real answer there. So if it's not going to be Bruce, then again, who are you looking at? It's either Adrian Gonzalez figures it out, they feel better about Dom Smith than you can right now, really, or it's Wilmer Flores. That's why I think Wilmer's going to get a lot of time over there. And, you know, maybe they free him up a little bit because, you know, let's say as Jubal Cabrera uh, has, you know, a slow beginnings, not moving particularly well over there at second base. If that doesn't work out, well, at least a couple of guys are impressing that are close to major league ready. Luis Guillorme has probably been as impressive as any of the minor leaguers thus far this spring. Gavin Cicchini is having a, a nice spring as well. You don't want to be fooled by these things, but, you know, there's, uh, there's some talent in those guys who, you know, Cicchini was a first round pick and, uh, Guillorme, you know, a top 10 prospect in the Mets organization. Uh, let's grab some calls. 800-321-0710. Roger and Howell. What's going on, Roger? Hey, I was listening to what you're saying. Um, I agree with you in a lot of respects at first base, but I think they should be giving Bruce playing time over at first base. I think you you you're not really want to call it. He, he played a very good first base when he played over there. Um, it, it was very shorthanded. And with Conforto coming back in May, giving Wilmer time uh, for the first seven or eight games, Gonzalez is not the guy. I don't know what Dom Smith is going to give us. Um, I would much rather see... Wilmer playing more and working Bruce in at first base so that we give that option uh, so that when Conforto comes back, hopefully, and, uh, you know, Nimmo's playing well and he's playing well, so, you know, I'd give them guys time. No, I mean, that's the key, and thanks for calling in, Roger, is that when Conforto comes back, let's say Nimmo or Ligaris is really playing well, and... Well, Garis looks like the gold glover he was in 2014. Nimmo has settled in as the spark plug of the Mets' offense. You're not going to be in a hurry to take those guys out. You'd like to have the option to move Bruce. And it's difficult to do that if you're not going to give him some reps over there at first base. I would like to see it at some point this spring. And the fact that we haven't tells me that they're in no hurry to make this happen. I talked with Jay uh, after he signed, and he had the press conference at City Field, and you know he was asked one question about first base. Was he willing to play it? He said yes, but that was it. There wasn't a long discussion about you know transitioning to first base at some point during the three-year contract or how much first base he, he would be willing to play. Um, you know, if you take a look at what he has said about the position, he's team guy he's willing to do it but it's clearly not at the top of his list he's more comfortable out there in right field so i do think you got to give him a little more comfort at first base play him there a little bit because you start to look at the options for the mets and unless you're going to go out and you know sign somebody make a trade make a move and pull the plug on adrian gonzalez they don't have to do that yet but in these next few weeks if you don't see anything from him you better have a real good plan b whether that's dom smith 
playing well and looking like he could be depended upon to get a number of at bats at first base, whether you know that's Wilmer Flores and feeling comfortable with him as an everyday first baseman, or you know finding somebody else to help out because. You know, the Mets, the catching situation, not getting a whole lot of offense from there. Uh, you have some dead spots in the order. We're not sure what Ahmed Rosario can bring. You can't just throw out first base and say, hey, it doesn't matter what kind of offensive production we get here. You, you do need that first baseman that could provide a little pop uh, and some offensive production at that spot. I mean, historically, it's one of the better offensive positions. You need to have a little bit of that. You can't have Adrian Gonzalez repeating what he did last year in L.A. Uh, 800-321-0710, our Mets Spring Training Report. Josh Lewin will join us uh, coming up at 7.05, and we'll take some more calls when we come back. Again, 800-321-0710. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. It's the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on 710 WOR. Uh, talking about the Mets' first base situation, nobody has grabbed that position uh, in any way, shape, or form to this point. I'll, I'll give you a guy that is available that it's not just first base. You can look at the entire infield, but somebody that might be able to help out a bit. Now, the Mets, they're paying Adrian Gonzalez the minimum. Uh, they can, you know, cut him if they, uh, you know, feel the, the need to do that. It's not a whole lot of, uh, dollars that they're, they're losing there, uh, at least in terms of baseball terms. And I was reading today and I could not believe this. The Kansas City Royals tried to sign Neil Walker with a minor league contract they wouldn't even guarantee him a major league spot and walker is at camp jobless as they're calling it right now getting ready for the season trying to stay sharp and and, you know we we saw the drawbacks of neil walker over the years it's back problems he didn't stay uh fully healthy lost a step over the course of last year but he's still very much a productive offensive player And if i asked you straight up who would you rather have Adrian Gonzalez or Neil Walker? And Walker could play a little bit of first base. You could play Walker at second and put his Drupal Cabrera in a utility role. Uh, you could still you know, give plenty of at-bats to Wilmer Flores at first and second base. I mean, it gives you another infielder with flexibility. We know the Mets love the flexibility. Now, I don't know how much you could guarantee Neil Walker in terms of playing time if you're the Mets. You're going to be part of a big competition, but... If the best offer that Neil Walker is sitting on right now is a minor league invite to spring training, and that absolutely boggles my mind. And think about you know what the Pirates were asking for Josh Harrison in a trade. The Mets you know weren't able to to work that out with them, and the, and the Pirates are looking ahead. They don't so much care about how many games they win this year, and yet. Uh, you know, they, they asked for a lot in terms of Harrison, or at least more than the Mets were willing to part with. And now with Walker, you know, another second baseman, you know, he's a little older. Again, he has health issues. I get it, but he's a productive offensive player when he is out there on the field. And I, I was stunned. I thought, you know, there's a guy who really played well in Milwaukee after the trade last year. You know, could have grabbed a, a two year, you know, $15 million deal at the very least, something like that. And, it's been crickets for him this offseason. Now, you know, he and the Mets maybe didn't end on the greatest of circumstances. The Mets didn't want to trade him to the Yankees. They had talks in spring training about a long-term deal. There might be some ill feelings as far as that goes. But it is a place where he has some familiarity. 
He knows the guys. He's not going to be guaranteed playing time. But unless somebody's going to get hurt in one of these other camps at second base, what are your options? And it really is true that you know for these guys that are still sitting out there as free agents, you kind of have to sign soon. If you don't sign soon, you're going to be behind going into opening day, and you might end up being behind all season long. In the extreme example, that would be Stephen Drew, Kendrys Morales a couple of years ago. Granted, they didn't sign until June, but they really weren't productive players in the way that they were beforehand that season at all, and, and even you know a little bit past that. Uh, and I get it. I mean, these guys are holding out. They're trying to get every dollar they can. It's their big opportunity to set up their family for life. But if you're still sitting out there and it's March and you don't have a, a job, I mean, you got to consider... You know, coming down a, a little bit. And, you know, for Neil Walker, it'll be a proven deal. He gets some playing time. And I'd rather have him than Adrian Gonzalez play first base. He's played a little bit of, of first base, uh, you know, with the Mets over the years. I'd, I'd rather see that than, you know, Adrian Gonzalez, 36 years old, all the back problems that he has, five years older, and, you know, coming off a lousy year. And he hasn't been a productive offensive player in a couple of seasons now. So, you know, that's something that, that I would look at if uh, if I were the Mets. And, you know, let's say a couple of days, week from now, you're still not seeing what you need to from Adrian Gonzalez. He's looked nice at first base defensively. It's just offensively, you know, you want to you wanna see a little something. You want to see there's some pop left in that bat beyond, you know, some batting practice home runs to the opposite field. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number to get involved. Our Mets spring training report coming up. Josh Lewin, Mets broadcaster, will be with us at 7.05 uh, as we roll till 9 o'clock right now in his update.